This is the Roots to Risk podcast hosted by Eric Schneider alongside Isaac Bach. Roots to Risk brings you insights, the latest stories, and long-form discussions about the cannabis industry. You'll hear interviews with industry leaders and their perspective on current and future trends, how they've built success, and what challenges they have faced. Our goal is to facilitate candid conversations and provide informative content for the cannabis community at large. Let's go. How are we doing today, IB? What's going on? Last? Sneaky last one. I thought we thought we were done. Everybody, don't get, don't get worried. I know this is a big part of everybody's day. All 10 of you really, really are going to miss us. <laughs> no, we're going to take a little hiatus for the summer. Um, got a lot why, of content on deck. Why are we taking a hiatus? What where, what are you going to be doing at the end of June and early July, Mr. Schneider? What will, what will your time be spent doing? You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm going to be uh, representing Israel in the World Lacrosse Games. So, yeah, you are. Fact, that's where we met. Fun fact. I know. Um, but yeah, good luck. Have fun. I appreciate it. Of course, man. I'll just be, you know, slaving away back here, making sure the boat doesn't go down. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, but no, we got a great one on deck. Uh, uh, Dino Colonna from Silver Spike Capital. And, you know, we obviously we know Dino, IB, um, and had a lot of conversations and, and understand what they're doing in the space, but excited for him to provide more guidance and insight uh, into the, our viewers, right? Um, and, and I know I keep saying this and it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but, you know, our goal is to provide a lot of different insights and inputs from different industry leaders, right? And I think that this is uh, another one that, um, you know, Silver Spike has been very involved in the cannabis space on the credit side specifically. And uh, just a little bit more about Silver Spike, um, but they're a private credit asset manager and SEC registered investment advisor focused on the cannabis industry. Uh, the firm was founded in 2019, has raised more than 600 million in public and private markets and deployed funds across various transactions and strategies, including the first NASDAQ listed cannabis focused lending vehicle registered under the Investment Company Act of 1940. Um, excited to hear more about that from Dino. Um, and, uh, and get his insight on kind of what's going on currently and what he thinks is uh, in the pipeline for the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, no, it'll be good to hear from Dino. I think, um, I think they're the first crowd investor we've had on. So they'll be able to provide a little bit of a unique view into how they look at deals. Uh, and also we'll get to talk a little bit about the good old days of the SPAC being the hottest thing hottest thing in the world with uh, the one that they've done. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say about the industry. Absolutely. Let's bring him in. Hey, Dino, how are we doing today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. I appreciate you taking the time to, to join us on the Roots to Risk podcast today. And and I know that you know we've you know luckily had the opportunity to get to know each other over the fat past few years, but um, we'd we love to learn a little bit more about Silver Spike, right? And, and provide some more context to the viewers and, and who you guys are and, and what you're doing in the space. Um, and then also, you know, love to learn a little bit more about how you personally got into the space. Got it. Well, th- first and foremost, uh, great to see you guys. Um, and, and thanks so much for having me. It's uh, exciting to to be finishing off your, your first season on, on the <laughs> podcast. So um, c- congrats on a successful first season. 
so Silverspike is a uh, a private credit uh, focused manager um, dedicated to the cannabis and alternative health and wellness industries. Uh, we're about four years old. Uh, we got started back um, about mid 2019. Uh, first thing we did actually uh, at that point in time was a, a 250 million dollar Nasdaq listed SPAC. Um, that was before SPACs were uh, were were not the, the best uh, word out there. Um, but we uh, we wound up doing one of the uh, the largest uh, transactions um, in the cannabis space with a company called Weed Maps. Um, so that was the one of the first things we did in the industry. Uh, and then about a year and change ago, we raised um, our credit fund, uh, which is one of the first or the first uh, publicly traded BDCs dedicated to cannabis, um, and have been having a, a lot of fun uh, deploying uh, deploying the capital and um, and on this great journey uh, called cannabis. That's awesome. I guess over the course of the uh, you know four years or so you guys have been in it, what has been the overall change in your guys' investment thesis? Has it been pretty standard or obviously the industry's changed a lot in four years? So curious how you guys have changed along with it. Yeah, so the industry uh, has changed a lot is definitely an understatement. Um, if you We're trying to be positive here. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, back in 19 or 20, I, I would have thought the industry uh, would not look exactly like it, it's, you know, it's looking today. Um, but I think the, the long-term thesis is, is still intact. We're, you know, we're super excited about the growth potential in this industry from the recreational side, from the medical side, from the industrial side. I mean, there's just so many different ways um, or opportunities that we, that we see in the space. So that, that's still intact. It's just been a, you know, a slower, uh, slow developments on some some instances, and you know it's one good step forward, and then it feels like two steps backwards for the industry uh, in certain um, you know certain areas. But ultimately, uh, you know, you know, very very bullish. And I think our thesis is is pretty much unchanged. Um, we always thought ultimately uh, the industry would be at least the recreational side would be you know mainly like other industries. Um, you know, that brands would eventually uh, would, would be the winners in the long term. We still hold that thesis. Um, we've always also had the thesis that the operators that can win in competitive states uh, will be the, the will be among the long term winners as well. Uh, so that hasn't changed for us either. Um, it's just, uh, you know, the operating in this environment is, uh, has been challenging for, for everyone. Uh, but we're, we're still super excited. We you have dry powder to uh, to invest and are, are actively out there, um, you know, scouring the uh, scouring the landscape for, for for new opportunities. Yeah, and, and that leads me to my next question. Do you know, like a lot of the bulk of, of what you guys are doing today is it, you know, existing operators that you've already deployed capital into? Is it looking at newer opportunities, combination of both? Yeah, so we're we're uh, it's a combination of both. Um, but also very focused on on bringing uh, new companies into the uh, you know under the silver spike umbrella. So I'd definitely say it's a combination of both, um, and and excited that uh, you know there's a a very big market out there that's uh, that's still untapped for us. Are there any areas you guys are looking into specifically right now, or is it still kind of the same core group of companies that you've been looking at in the past, or same type of companies you've been looking at in the past? No, it's actually it's it's. Um, even though I've been in the industry, you know, personally for probably about four and a half years, um, I'm always meeting or reconnecting with with really good operators. 
Um, so it's, you know, it's not just, there's a list of 20 or 30 that uh, we continue to go back to. It's, uh, we're constantly discovering uh, new management teams or old management teams getting back together in new situations. Um, so the, the opportunities are, are, are pretty abundant. Um, you know, things just take time to, to underwrite in this industry and, and actually everything takes longer than, than you think it will. Um, but, you know, we're patient, we're in it for the long term and uh, pretty excited about the opportunity set uh, out there. And, and, you know, when you guys look at a, you know, a deal like a weed maps, right? That's, you know, an ancillary, you know, technology platform to the cannabis industry versus, you know, an asset heavy um, plant touching operator. What, what are some of the key differences that you're looking at, you know, maybe from an underwriting perspective that that really differentiates those deals? Or is it, you know, pretty similar? You know, what does that look like? Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, it might sound a bit strange, but they're, we'll, we'll probably take the same tact in, in underwriting them. I mean, first and foremost, in such a, a young industry, you really need to underwrite the management team first. Um, and, and that's where we start. Because obviously, visibility is extremely low for, for everyone in the industry. So you need uh, to have confidence in the management team that they'll, they're nimble uh, and able to switch gears when necessary. But also open, um, you know, to hearing other op- differing opinions, whether it be from us uh, or whether it be from connections that we have to to try and help. Um, so th- that's important. And then, you know, operating, underwriting the the operating business and their ability to to grow revenues, but even more importantly, to to generate cash. And I think we'd look at that the same way. Um, we saw a niche uh, in the market to to not base our investment thesis around real estate because there was a lot of other guys already out there doing that. Um, we think ultimately longer term, this industry, at least on the credit side, will be um, like many other industries, which the majority of, of lending is done um, on, on based on cash flows. Uh, so we wanted the ability to do that. We, we can underwrite real estate as well, uh, but we've taken a, a slightly different approach um, and think you know longer term that uh, the opportunity set uh, is, is, is larger and, you know, we're excited to, to continue paving that, uh, that, that path. Yeah. And no, and that's a good point. I mean, I was actually on a call with, with another lender, uh, last week and saying how like real estate was such a critical part of it, but especially if, you know, operators that are just getting started out, um, you know, may not own the real estate, right. And, and be in a critical position where, you know, I guess I guess for Silver Spike, your core competency would you say is on more mid market to enterprise level businesses? Or are you guys writing different check sizes? I guess like what's what's your core focus from like a, a size and scope perspective? Yeah, we're we're definitely for the time being uh, focused on the larger, more established operators, um, and that's out of the you know the main credit fund. Uh, we actually do have a, a smaller opportunity fund, which is can be more flexible, still credit oriented in nature, but uh, could step down to the lower middle market uh, and take a bit more, at least perceived uh, risk in terms of the stage of the company. Obviously, we're still going to write to the, un- write to the same standards of management team and cash flows and you know operating model, etc. Um, but also excited to to start to deploy that uh, that opportunity fund that uh, is a bit differentiated from the main, the main credit uh, platform. 
Now that'll make sense. I guess, um, you know, what are kind of the areas over the next 12 to 18 months that you guys see the potential for the most growth in the industry? Obviously, everywhere has a potential for a lot of growth right now, given where we're at. But um, what are you guys seeing that maybe some areas are starting to pick up with companies you've you've looked into or have, you know, actually done deals with? Yeah, so I think the some of the, the biggest and best West Coast brands that have proven their ability to, to operate and, and be profitable on the West Coast have a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity uh, to go east. And we've started to see signs of some of the brands going into new states and really resonating with resonating with uh, with consumers. Um, so I think there's a lot of upside there because it's it's pretty much new markets to, to the West Coast brands, maybe not new markets uh, to some of the original incumbents in the you know the East Coast states. So that we're uh, you know focused on and, and think it's a, a big opportunity set. I think for the industry more broadly, you know, this year is probably more of a, a year of looking inwards, um, efficiency, cost cutting, um, really trying to slim the platforms down uh, in order to set themselves up for for growth for next year. So I think 2023 is probably going to continue to be a difficult year for for the industry. Um, but think it should set up nicely for 2024 uh, for for growth, additional M and A. Um, so I think this is a good thing for the industry to go through. It's uh, you know growing pains that you know all industries go through, and uh, I think we'll be better as an industry you know next year coming out. Uh, hopefully, when the capital markets turn around even just a bit, uh, we'll have uh, better better capital structures, better operating margins, and I think the industry will be better off for it. Yeah, and you know, I know that um, I'm sure you've heard like safe coming back to the uh, the forefront. Like, what what impact did that have on Silver Spike? Is it business as usual for you guys, or would that open up opportunities for different product lines, additional investment, or you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think maybe first from the industry perspective, certainly we need a win for morale, if if nothing else, <laughs> um, to at least get something done on the uh, on the federal level. Um, you know, as far as all of the operators I talk to, I don't know if Safe does much from a banking perspective. Um, so I don't think it's really going to move the needle. Uh, it, well, I guess it also ultimately depends on what type of Safe is it Safe yeah. Plus, Safe Plus Plus, or Plain Safe. But the, the Plain Safe, uh, I just don't know if banks are going to rush in because if they really wanted to, they they could already be there and. Whether or not they're going to lend, um, you know, remains to be seen. Especially after SVB and the and the broader banking issues that you know we've seen over the last couple of months. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a it's more than that for for everybody. Um, for us specifically, I think you know maybe some of those banks would want to dip their toe uh, into the industry and potentially lend to some of the lenders. Uh, would would be my guess, but. Uh, who knows? Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get some sort of agreement at the at the federal level, and they can they can at least get something, even if it's you know uh, vanilla safe or plain safe, and, and we build off of that base to to get more included eventually. Um, I just hope uh, I hope something gets done. Yeah, I guess um, you know obviously safe gets all headlines because it's been through the house and Senate like what nine times now. Um, but I, I wanted to know: are there any other like barriers for these banks to you know start lending to you guys directly um because i think that's you know one of the less talked about things is um you know the 
institutional investments into the funds themselves. Like that doesn't seem to be talked about to the same level as like the safe banking issue um, from the banking side of it. Yeah, I know. The, theoretically, that that could be uh, that could give comfort because I mean, there's plenty of folks on the outside looking in, right. um, and it's I guess ultimately will be up to their lawyers. <laughs> Um, how comfortable they or not they are if if some sort of safe passes. But I, I think you're right. I think even if safe passes, this industry is still going to remain very complicated. Uh, as you guys know, every state is basically their own country. Every municipality um, could have different rules from their neighbors. So for you know a large institution just to, to jump in uh, to such a complex industry, I, I think they'd rather take baby steps. Um, and as you mentioned, one way to do so would be to, to partner with somebody dedicated to the industry that has the expertise um, so that they don't, uh, you know, trip uh, as they as they, they they come into the industry. Any anything, I guess, uh, aside from what we talked about for for Silver Spike on the horizon, like any new product lines that you guys are thinking about or um, is it? You know, any, any other additional expansion into maybe other territories outside of the U.S., anything like that? No, I think, you know, for now, you know, we think the, the biggest opportunity set in this space um, is on the credit side. So it'll be variations of credit. Uh, like I, I mentioned, uh, our opportunity fund is, is something that gives us more flexibility uh, to work with smaller operators on. So we're, we're excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I think. Longer term, we obviously want to be a, a, a one-stop shop uh, solution provider for the, for the industry across the capital structure. Um, but I think we're, we'll be, uh, you know, we, we focused on on credit uh, and credit-like instruments for, for at least the, the short term. And, you know, one, one thing that I had in, you know, because we've been, you know, meeting with a lot of, uh, you know, different card applicants and, and early stage entrants into whether it's New York, New Jersey, any, any good tips or, or recommendations, you know, kind of do's and don'ts that you would advise when seeking debt capital um, for, for a more early stage company, just, uh, you know, based off of your experience in the space? Yes, I would say raise equity. If, if you're a startup, um, starting out of the gate with with debt, unless you have a you know a, a piece of real estate that's very low LTV, I think just puts additional stress on the entrepreneurs um, as they're trying to figure it out. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot more forgiving when you're figuring it out as you go with with equity investors than it would be if you you know if you're over levered or levered from the from the beginning because. Um, you know, the, the two investor bases think very differently. Um, so, yeah, my, my my main piece of advice would be raise as much equity as you can. And, and if you think you need X, raise X plus 25 percent at least because uh, everything takes longer and is more expensive than uh, than you think it will be. That's really all I had. I, I mean, you've answered everything. Isaac, anything else to add before we, we jump into uh Oh, let's uh let's jump in right into the your way, Dino. Yeah, let's uh jump right into the the three fun non non canvas or work related ones. They actually might be somewhat work related on the book side, but uh, uh first one, you know, getting up in the morning, going on a workout, got a big call, you need to pump yourself up. What's what's the go to song there? Your walkout song. You got you're about to hit a home run. 
<laughs> I love it. Just old school rock. That's uh, it's hard to beat those, honestly. Um, all right, what is you know what's one book that you've derived a lot of value or have turned back to maybe a few times to you know garner some lessons from that you would recommend people look into? Um, there's actually a book called uh, Ishmael um, that for some reason I've I've gone back to two or three times over the last 15, 20 years, and it it's just an easy read that kind of almost puts me in my place and gives me perspective to kind of reset and uh, stop being so focused on like the minutia and just taking a step back and kind of being thankful uh, for, for what you have and the opportunities in front of you. And um, that's definitely one that I've, I've turned back to at least two or three times. I love that. I need to look into that one. It's something that I could probably do a little bit better of. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, then last one, since I know you're also in New York, um, you know, what's the, what's the go-to restaurant or your favorite restaurant you've been to in the city? Either, or you can do your go-to or your favorite one. Um, well, the, the best experience I've had uh, at a restaurant and not one that, uh, you know, I go back to very often <laughs> <laughs> uh, because of the expense of it is, is per se. Okay. Um, but that's like a very, very special occasion, you know, three hour meal, blow your socks off that uh, you go to every couple of years. <laughs> nice. Is it French or? Yeah. Got hey, it. I'm shocked you haven't heard of per se since you're the resident food guy. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, if, if I'm heading to the, the 12 course, you know, three hour meal yet, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Awesome. Those are the last three fastballs. Do you have anything to uh, wrap up on? No, I think, you know, really short and sweet, Dino. I think, you know, directing to the point, I think, um, you know, obviously you guys are you know, a leader in the space and what you're doing. And um, I know a lot of entrants or new entrants that are coming in will look to you guys. So, you know, just continue to be leaders. And I think that this was great for, you know, what we're, what we're trying to do on, on the Roots to Risk is just provide a lot of different uh, insight and, you know, businesses within the cannabis industry, whether it's operators, you know, lenders, ancillary companies, and just provide a, a little, a, a wide array of perspective um, and insight. And so we really appreciate your time. And I'm sure we'll connect soon uh, in the city at some point for lunch. Yeah, no, thanks so much, guys. And, and what you're doing is important for the industry, bringing folks together. We all need to be, you know, talking and comparing notes. Um, it's good for the industry, and I think it's good for, for all the operators. So keep doing what you're doing and looking forward to uh, to season two. Appreciate it, Dino. Thanks. All right, short and sweet, to the point. Uh, you know, Dino provided really great insight. And I, and I liked how, you know, how they view – cannabis risk, I think a little bit different than other firms that we've really heard about, like looking and focusing more on cash flow, which is more, you know, traditional credit lending versus relying on, you know, tangible assets, which as you know, Isaac is, is tough to come by in this space. And, and most of the time only really the well-capitalized, you know, multi-state operators own the real estate and, and can be able to raise, debt against that. So I think it's really interesting what they're doing and setting themselves up for success, you know, down the road when, you know, credit investing becomes a little bit more normalized.
Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think it's uh, another example of trying to make this industry more in line with um, other industries. So uh, I like the way they're going about it. And I think, you know, underwriting it the same way any other business would be underwritten kind of starts to level the playing field. Granted, we're a long way away from that, but um, it's a good thing that we do have firms like Silver Spike who are starting to do it already. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, with Dino, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to put you in contact. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus here, but we'll have content coming your way all day, every day. And super excited about it and to, to keep this going, Isaac. I think it's been great thus far and excited for uh, for the next episode. Yeah, me too. I- I'm curious actually on the release schedule because it might not be such a long hiatus, but you and I might look vastly different in a few months. You never know. Hopefully this gets a little bit fixed up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, until the next one, man. All right.